I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 412 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an awesome guest returning to the podcast today. Victor Avila is a retired supervisory special agent with U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, under the Department of Homeland Security. While he was on assignment in Mexico, Victor suffered multiple gunshot wounds and survived what was just a brutally violent ambush by a Mexican drug cartel in which his partner, Special Agent Jaime Zapata, tragically lost his life. For his service, Victor received a number of awards, including the Valor Award by the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, as well as the Medal of Valor by the Hispanic American Command Officers Association. Uh, if you guys are unfamiliar with what happened to Victor and his partner, I highly recommend you check out the documentary Agent Down, Murder on Highway 57. I'm going to include a link in the show notes to that. Also, Victor's got a brand new book out today, Agent Under Fire, A Murder and a Manifesto. The link to that will be down there in the show notes as well. Victor is currently a candidate for South Lake City Council in Texas. It's an honor to have him back on the podcast here. Victor Avila will be here in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Victor Avila was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch today's conversation, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and I have got nothing but respect for our men and women of law enforcement, but especially for those like Victor who have worked on cases of human trafficking, which in my opinion is not reported enough by the mainstream media. If you missed my interview with Navy SEAL Craig Sawyer, who founded Vets for Child Rescue, please go back and take a listen to it. I've had the honor of having Craig on the podcast twice. I've also had Hugh Jackson on the show twice. He helps victims of child trafficking cope with all their trauma. Uh, Those episodes are available in the archives to be listened to at your convenience. If you guys are enjoying the podcast here, please consider leaving me a rating or review on iTunes. It really goes a long way to help me out. And as always, guys, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood, when you're contactless, let them know about the show that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Victor Avila. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Today's episode is being brought to you by Manscaped. And dads, 2020 has been a year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing that you can control, and that is shaving that area that made you a dad in the first place. My sponsors over at Manscaped.com are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premier electric trimmer that is waterproof with advanced skin-safe technology, so you never have to worry about scratching those love spuds while you're giving yourself a smooth shave. The Lawnmower 3.0 is included in the Perfect Package 3.0, and for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you're going to get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Box of Briefs. And let me tell you something right now, guys. The Anti-Chafing Cooling Box of Briefs are the best pair of drawers I've ever put on. So what are you waiting for? Visit Manscaped.com. Use my promo code FATHER. You're going to save 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's 20% off your order plus get free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code FATHER and get rid of those short hairs in your short pants today. Joining me now, First Class Father, Victor Avila. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec, for having me back. I'm I'm very excited to be back with you. Yeah, it's nice to have a chance to see you this time when we do the interview. Let's get a little update. How old are the kids now, and uh, what are they up to? My daughter is now 20, and she is a senior at uh, St. Edwards University in Austin. 
my son is 15. He'll be 16 in uh, a week and a half. Already starting to drive, and so uh, family's growing up quick. Wow. What is he? Is he? It's a junior year or senior year? He's he's uh, he's a sophomore. A and sophomore. yeah, and my daughter is a senior in, in college. Okay, so you got a few years before the empty nest uh, settles in there. Right around the corner. <laughs> if you could, Victor, just to give uh, my new listeners here, just hit us with a little bit of an update um, about your background and what you do. Yes, I'm a retired federal agent, special agent with Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Homeland Security Investigations. Um, maybe if some of you have seen your, your prior interview with me, they know that I was uh, shot in the line of duty back in 2011 when uh, Special Agent Jaime Zapata and I were on assignment in Mexico. Uh, tragically, Special Agent Jaime Zapata lost his life and uh, gave his life for our country. Uh, I was wounded three times, with shot three times, and uh, have really uh, it was a sacrifice and, and really a turning point for our family, not just for me, but my entire family and friends. And so we're uh, we're in a much better place and, and, and great to be uh, part of this community. Yeah, the, the story is absolutely incredible, Victor. And, and those who aren't familiar with it, uh, I, I highly recommend you check out more about it. And I know that now you've uh, thrown your hat into the political arena here. You decided to get involved um, and you were running for uh, council, right? City council? City Council in South Lake, Texas. City Council, South Lake, Texas. So what, what made you decide to run uh, and, and get involved in the political atmosphere here, which is very, very toxic, as we know, all across, across the country? And what was your family's reaction uh, to you making that decision? My family was very, very supportive of me doing it. You know, when I, when I retired, medically retired from my uh, law enforcement career, kind of kind of went through some turmoil thinking, what am I going to do now? And um, I've been in public service most of my life since I was the age of 23. And that's what I know how to do. And I figured, you know what, this is a perfect place for me to be able to give back to the community, all the experience that I have of all the places that I've lived and worked and, and really share my expertise with the community and, and try to help my community be better than what it is now and continue to be it as great as it is now as well. Yeah, well said, Victor. And it just seems like it makes logical sense to have people that have uh, been there, been on the street, been involved in all this stuff to start getting involved because we have so many of these polished politicians that are really just there. They, they just fit the suit and they're just a face and a name and they speak well and they read speeches and all that stuff, but they never been there and done that. Now, I try to avoid politics as much as I can on the podcast here, but obviously this year, 2020, has been just insane. And we've been hearing a lot of these calls uh, from for defunding the police, which to me sounds like the stupidest idea I've ever heard of, especially as a family man with four kids myself that are out there. Um, what, what has the response been in your neighborhood here? And what is your take on the entire defunding the police um, you know, hashtag that they've created? Yeah, it's incredible as well. And, and uh, obviously, I'm a big supporter of law enforcement. And even in our in our town, there's a group that has a uh, uh, has formed to want to defund specifically defund the police, but specifically our school resource officers. We have a police officer from our city placed at each and every campus. And you know how how uh, because of the school shootings and, and it goes further and beyond uh, those duties that, that our school resource officers do. They engage with the kids. They're able to really uh, have interaction with them on a daily basis. This this goes further beyond in the, the rest of the lives when they interact with police on the street. And we've been seeing what happens when when, when there's no respect for authority. And so I'm a big supporter uh, of law enforcement to keep those SROs. But unfortunately, there are there are people out there that want to defund them. They want to disarm them. They want to replace them with social workers or psychologists, which I, I disagree with. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm right there with you. And now, I mean, you have you obviously you, your son just hit the road here. You said he's driving now as well. So uh, coming from your side of this as a law enforcement officer, like how do you t- how do you approach telling your son how to deal with police? Should he be pulled over or even your daughter, for that matter? How do you kind of tell your kids how to handle a police involved situation? Uh, I think with me, it's a, it might be a little bit of a unique situation because they've been around law enforcement and other law enforcement officers around their whole life. But I've had that conversation with them as well anyway. And, um, you know, it, it starts at the home and it's a matter of the respecting authority. And it's not just a police officer. It's the teacher. It's the person at the restaurant. It's anyone in a, in a position of authority or someone where you have to show respect to that person. And, and so uh, I have talked to them of encounters and how you how you respect the police officer when you get pulled over. The police officer has no idea who you are. He's there to, if it's a speeding ticket, he wants to find out who it is, the person that's behind the wheel or and, and the person and who else is in the car. So you have to be able to give that officer the opportunity to at least get to do that. And by cooperating with the police, is as simple as that. You cooperate them, you let them do their job, and you'll get your ticket or not get your ticket and get away. Um, but it's very important not to not to challenge the police or, or, or try to fight the police just when they're trying to sometimes do their job. And uh, and so we definitely have that 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 information going out to not just to my kids, but but members of the community as well. Yeah, and I think the message is very important. I was just drive. I, I drive Uber on the weekends here. And just this weekend, I drive down the Jersey Shore and I'm picking up at one of these bars, clubs. And in the parking lot, I couldn't really get out there. We were boxed in. It was like a, a little bit of an argument going on. And this young guy, young kid, or a 21-year-old or something like that, he pushes the police officer. And then immediately, you know, they go and, and they start arresting him. And then they start like, and I'm just thinking in my head, like, where do they get the, the idea that it's okay to put your hands on a police officer and like as if it's somebody at the bar or something like that? I, I, think, I think that's what this message has done. And it's kind of poisoning these kids' minds at how they should treat police. And, and I know you've heard this before, uh, Alec, because of your show, and, and it starts at the home. And, and because of the lack of the father many, many times, and the statistics prove that, is that they've never, they've never grown, grown up with a person of authority, a father figure. It doesn't even sometimes have to be the own father. It could be a stepfather. It could be an uncle. It could be a father figure that, that teaches uh, our, our young um, children to respect authority and how to interact. But some of these kids, I think, that have been out there rioting and looting have never actually even interacted with anyone that's telling them the word no, has told them consequences for their actions, have given them consequences for the actions. And so they're out there free fall and, and they have no idea how to, uh, uh, it's not an excuse for them, but it's also uh, an important uh, factor in what's happening in our society right now because now we're seeing the effects of not having the father present in our home and 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 giving out that discipline giving out that authority figure yeah and even taking that further like we see all of the black lives matter activity throughout the country and and their open mission statements which really just blows my mind on their website is that they're out to destroy the nuclear family unit so if, if you're if you're out to take down the nuclear family unit and defund the police where is any type of disciplinary or authority coming from? Like, I don't understand. How could that either one of those things be good uh, for the society at large? It, it doesn't it just kind of doesn't make any sense to me why people would even want to see that. No. And, and I've seen it in my law enforcement career and, and not just because of the statistics back up what I've seen, but I've seen the, the people that I've arrested. I've seen the uh, 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 the individuals that I've dealt with in the criminal element. The first thing you see is a lack of the father. 
and I'm not and I'm not uh, saying anything about single mothers that have done a, a tremendous job. My oldest sister is a, a single mother that has done a tremendous job raising my nephews. It can be done, and she has taken on the role of that authority figure and has put consequences. So my hat goes off to all those single moms out there that do a, a tremendous job with their kids. Um, but but going back to to what you said about the father, it is it is a, a big a big issue that they, you know, um, from the very beginning when they're not there, I've seen it uh, the arrest and it, it trickles down and it's a it's a vicious cycle that is very difficult to break. Yeah, it, it definitely is, and when we see it, it's in every statistical category across the board. Uh, whether that be kids that are runaways and, and homeless, or whether they be uh, into drugs and alcohol, pregnancy, suicide, all across the all across the board, the numbers go up with that without that father's presence in the home. And and I know that you um you got a book coming out now that talks about. I mean, obviously the incident that the major incident here was just uh, it's an incredible story. When can we expect to see the book uh, to be dropping? And and is it something that you're you'd be all right with your kids reading? And would there be things in there that they're going to find out about this entire story that they don't know as of yet? Um, absolutely, they're going to be uh, able to read it. Uh, by the way, the name of the book is Agent Under Fire. That's that's the title, Agent Under Fire: A Murder and a Manifesto. And uh, hopefully, we're looking at a date of uh, late October. So in a, a little bit over a month, hopefully for a release. I'm waiting for the release date from the publisher. Uh, this book is is gonna talk about a little bit about my life and growing up on the border, my law enforcement career, and then it, it'll it'll really uh, in detail give the uh, the details about my assignment in Mexico and the shooting. But I also the second half of the book talks about our our border security, our illegal immigration system, and 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 illegal alien sanctuary cities, and things that I've seen the cartels and what they've done uh, to our communities by. Uh, all comes down to not having our border, southern border secure. And, uh, and I also talk about policing and what's been going on with our police departments and how elected officials are somehow now policing and, and making decisions for chiefs of police and sheriffs, which I completely disagree with. We need to allow our law enforcement officers to continue to do their jobs and not have their hands tied. And so uh, all that is in the book, and I'm very proud uh, that, it's, uh, that it's coming out. I've been working on it for almost four years and I'm uh, yeah, absolutely. My kids might learn some details in there that I might know about the about the actual shooting, like sp- specific details. I wanted to share them because I, I think it's important to share the impact that it had and the sacrifice that Special Agent Jaime Zapata gave for our country. Yeah, awesome stuff. And I, I would love to see it be made into like a, a series or, or even a uh, a movie about the story here because it really is just incredible. And, I, and more people should definitely know about it. And walking this back over here to you as a father now, Victor. Um, your daughter now, she's almost getting done with college, getting ready to hit the real world and all that stuff. My my youngest is my only daughter. She's in first grade right now. So I got to thank God a while to go yet, but you've already been into some of these, uh, stages with, um, you know, being introduced to drugs, alcohol, friends and stuff like that. And then dating. How did you kind of handle this whole social life, especially with your daughter now hitting college? What kind of advice did you give her about drugs, alcohol, dating, and the whole bit? All right, dads, did you put on a few pounds during the COVID-19 lockdowns? You're not alone. It's time to start eating healthy and eating right, and it's never been easier to do so with Eat Clean Bro. They make it simple to get quality food to your door. Check them out at eatcleanbro.com and look at their menu and choose from a selection of over 50 fresh, fully prepared, ready-to-eat meals. Order by 11.59 p.m. to receive your meals on the next available delivery day. 
Eat Clean Bro is a convenient service that is designed to bring chef-prepared meals right to your front door. They address the concerns of potential long-term health problems by removing processed foods, chemicals, and preservatives from your diet and preparing your meals fresh with all natural ingredients. So what are you dads waiting for out there? Start eating clean today. Visit eatcleanbro.com and use my promo code FATHERHOOD10. You're going to save 10% off your meals. Check them out. Eatcleanbro.com. Use the promo code FATHERHOOD10 and save 10% off your meals. And eat clean, bro. Um, Your daughter now, she's almost getting done with college, getting ready to hit the real world and all that stuff. My, my youngest is my only daughter. She's in first grade right now. So <sighs> I got to well, thank God a while to go yet. But you've already been into some of these uh, stages with, um, you know, being introduced to drugs, alcohol, friends and stuff like that, and then dating. How did you kind of handle this whole social life especially with your daughter now hitting college. What kind of advice did you give her about drugs, alcohol, dating, and the whole bit? I relied a lot on on how my parents did it with me. And the number one word is trust. And it, it might it might sound a little bit like a cliche, but let me tell you that trust that I gave my kids, and, and uh, they really gave that trust back to me. I, I, I wanted them to have the freedom that I had when I was growing up at 15, 16 and driving I wanted them uh, to do that. I, I remember telling my daughter, I'm not going to drive you to high school as a junior. I think that's, I think, it, I, I didn't myself. I had a little small Ford Escort, 1983 Ford Escort that my, my parents bought me to get to school, become an independent kid. I wanted the same thing for my kids. And my daughter has done great. You know, we, we share that that trust. She knows that I give her that trust and she knows that uh, she feels not to violate that trust when she's out and about, especially with her friends. I want her to have fun. I want her to enjoy college life. It's it's great. That's what we want her to do. But it all has rules and it has limits and it has, uh, you know, consequences. And, and we always let her go and telling her, make sure you make the right decisions tonight. Yeah, we are well said, Victor. And how about as far as your son now being in high school and having your dad running for a political uh, position, that could create some controversy. Has there been, what has been uh, the response like for you uh, during the campaign, has there been anything um, that your family may have had to deal with where they say, hey, you know what, this was unexpected or something like that? Have they heard anything about you uh, running for office? Yeah, the, yes, they've heard about it here in, in, my, in my town of South Lake, Texas. But um, he's been good. He's a, uh, big into soccer and uh, he's uh, he's having a good time. He loves the school. He loves the community. There's 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 something here that the that they they you know they call me out a lot they call me a racist and they call me a lot of other names because I support the police and these people uh, on the left don't do that and um, and so some of that has affected my kids because you know they're they attack you on social media and kids are on social media now and so they wonder what's going on dad you know why are they calling you all these names they don't even know you and I said it, this is just the way they react this is the way they when they don't know someone they just call them names. But my son has been okay. No one has called him names. No one has attacked him or, or anything like that as far as on media, social media. So he's been okay. He's a strong kid. I mean, my kids are, are so resilient. They've been they've been through a lot, and especially when almost seeing their father uh, get killed in the line of duty. So they, they, could, they could hold their own. Amazing, yeah. And, and you mentioned now, even the school systems, Victor, like we've seen, just as we've seen a change in the police departments and all this other stuff, we're seeing this in the school system. Uh, I have one son that's in the public school system. The rest of mine are going to Catholic. He'll be going to Catholic next year. But in New Jersey here, uh, the curriculum was passed this year that eighth graders are taught about anal sex. And I was like, I, they're including that for the eighth grade uh, education. And I'm thinking like, 
what, what, what like, should, like certain certain things should be um, taught at home or discussed at home at, at your convenience or, or your beliefs or whatever. But uh, the fact that they're putting stuff like this into the school system, it's kind of scary to see uh, how, how they're just um, putting in these things, whether you like it or not. And they're doing it. Is, is that are you seeing similar things in Texas? In the school oh, system? my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Alec. That's the you hit the, the tip of the iceberg there. We're going through a big, big issue with our school board right now. As I speak to you, a meeting will be held again tomorrow where they're trying to incorporate a, a plan that they call the Cultural Competency, Competency Action Plan, uh, where they want to track microaggressions, they want to change uh, certain literature books, they want to have a cultural uh, coach to track these uh, aggressions that for you and me might not be an aggression. They define it as something that might be uh, verbal or nonverbal, or the person might be aware or not aware that they actually did it. It could be a stare. It could be something that uh, the person doesn't even know that they're doing it, but they want to track that and have that follow the student up to the university. And there, so now it's becoming a sense of uh, the, this left side wanting to indoctrinate our kids rather than teach them. I want to go back to having our schools teach our kids history, critical thinking skills, mathematics, English, and uh, and and real life uh, education that I think we're lacking uh, of it. But but this this other side that you mentioned is a very dangerous path that I think we're going to. Yeah, and I think we're starting to see the results of that. I mean, definitely, and it all co it all coincides with again the family unit being destroyed. Because uh, I say right here, if if my kid was on TV throwing bricks through a window, he would better hope that the police got him before I got to him. You know, so <laughs> uh, and, and I think a lot of the kids don't have that, and we're seeing the results of that. So. Um, what, what about as far as the future? Is this going to be just uh, the stepping stone for you? Do you have any other political um, aspirations here do you, uh, beyond uh, the city council? Where do you see yourself going with this in the future? No, this is this is me. I, I want to really serve our community. Uh, I want to be able to give back. I'm really, really engaged in our community. I, I, I love South Lake, Texas. Uh, that's why we chose it here, because it's a it's a secure place. Safety and security, obviously, is primarily for me. I want the, the town to continue to be that way. Um, just just heard uh, this morning that the chief of police of Dallas uh, uh, stepped away and resigned. They have a lot of issues that are going on. We don't want that to happen in our in our town. I want this town to continue to be safe. I want our schools to continue to be safe. And our school system here is one of the primary school public school systems in the country. And I want it to continue like that. There's, there's a lot of positive things that are happening here in our town. Unfortunately, some people want to paint it as something that it's not. And that's what I want to be uh, focused on and be able to represent the citizens and really make my decisions, my decisions based on what benefits uh, the citizens of South Lake. Yeah, yeah, very well said, Victor. And like I said, I I'm not big into politics myself, but I think strengthening the family unit, uh, funding our police officers so they're better trained, better equipped. I think that's more common sense than anything else. So uh, I love what you're doing and I love what you stand for. Where can the listeners go to find out more about you and the upcoming book? So uh, they could go to victorforsouthlake.com and they'll see my, my campaign if they want to follow it from afar. And uh, at, uh, at VicSurvivor11 is my Twitter account and uh, they, they could follow me there. I'll, I'll be posting the release date. They can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a profile there, Victor Avila, and they could follow me there and I'll follow you back. Uh, I'll be posting the, the release date. And as soon as I get the, I should be getting the, the cover of the book this week. I'm very excited to see it. Once I have that covered, I'll be posting the cover with a release date and for everybody to see and hopefully to go out and read it. Awesome. Definitely looking forward to that. I'll include the links 
to the website, the campaign, and to your uh, social media feeds in the description of the podcast episode here. So my listeners can tap it. I encourage you to get over there, check out more about you and what you're doing, what you stand for, and your story, which is just incredible. Last thing I'm going to hit you with here, Victor, second time go around. We'll see what you got for us this time. I love to ask all the dads, what type of advice do you have for the new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Um, you have to listen to your kids and be very, very engaged in the social media. This thing, we can't ignore it. It's taken over. It is It is so important to be uh, uh, monitoring. In a sense, I'm not the, the type of father that will take my, my kid's phone and go through it. What I do is I sit with my son and my daughter and I tell them, listen, these are the consequences of what you put online. If you set a, set a picture, if you send this, these are the consequences that you'll face. Maybe not now, but later. This is This internet thing is permanent. And someone will use this information possibly against you in the future if you're out there doing naughty things uh, online or talking to people in a certain way that you shouldn't. And so they need to understand that from the very beginning, the core is that I'm going to be able to talk and, and communicate with my friends just, if, just as if my dad and my mom were in the room. And, and, and that's so important because we could get into a lot of things of uh, child sex trafficking, human trafficking, how they're trying to get to our kids. Uh, I'm big on that as well, and I want the people to be aware how big that is uh, in, in our country. But right now, I'm very focused on the social media with them because it, it, they're consumed. TikTok and all this other stuff, they're so consumed with that. I, I would, I would uh, uh, tell the parents and, and the, of the new kids, do not hand them that iPad as soon as they're, they're, they're able to hold it. There's a lot of place, a lot of time for able to do that. Have conversations on the dinner table. That's so important. Turn off the TV. Turn off the phones sit down and talk to each other in person. Yeah, extremely well said. This has been an honor for me to have you back here. I wish you nothing but the best of luck with the campaign on Election Day. Uh, Victor Avila, you're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. I really appreciate you having me back. Thank you. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Victor Avila for returning to the podcast here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And don't forget, the link to Victor's book is down there in today's show notes. I wish Victor nothing but the best here on his election run. I'd love to see him in that city council position. Uh, nobody deserves it more than he does. Uh, lock it into my Instagram account, at Alec underscore Lace, to find out who will be joining me here for the rest of the week. Tomorrow on the podcast, comedian Roy Wood Jr will be joining me here. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you check that one out. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood, and as always, guys, please remember, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.